0: The most important part of Isaac's legacy wasn't the great material wealth that his father left him, but rather the spiritual wealth from his father and mother, knowing and trusting the true and living God, and being part of the covenant blessings that God had bestowed upon Abraham, Sarah, and their descendants.
1: Talk about a heritage, huh? Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We are back in Genesis chapter 25 as we take a look at the heritage and the legacy that Abraham leaves behind for his children, especially Isaac, and how that will be passed on to his sons. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. We begin with a look at the restoration of Isaac and Ishmael.
0: You know, I uh, reflect on my father's death. Uh, He had struggled with the fight against cancer for years. He won two of the rounds, but the outcome of the third and final round was clear a few weeks before he passed. I was there when the doctor told dad that he might have two to four months It might be less, it might be more. That was on January 7th. He passed away February 7th. As it was, he only had one month. And as his strength declined, he met with many people who came to encourage him and pay their last respects. His grandson, my son, Sterling, came to honor him and to receive Grandpa's blessing to marry Rochelle. The family is thankful that God took father quickly because his suffering was intense in those last days. And the family is also thankful that God gave us that month before his passing. Because it gave family members the opportunity to say things that needed to be said. But things that likely would have never been said under normal circumstances. It gave the opportunity for healing relationships. There's a clue in scripture that something similar may have occurred in Abraham's case. Because Ishmael was there to bury his father. You know the word order that Isaac the Younger is named first? Because he's recognized as firstborn in the eyes of God. But there were plenty of blessings for Ishmael. His descendants descendants would multiply so they cannot be numbered, as promised in chapter 16, and he would be made into a great nation, as promised in chapter 17. This is the account of Abraham's son, Ishmael, whom Sarah's maidservant, Hagar the Egyptian, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, listed in the order of their birth. Neboeth, the firstborn of Ishmael. Gadar. Abiel, Mibson, Mishma, Duma, Massa, Hadad, Tema, Jetur, Nafish, Kedema. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the twelve tribal leaders, rulers, according to their settlements and camps. Altogether, Ishmael lived 137 years. He breathed his last and died. And he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur, near the border of Egypt, as you go towards the shore. And they lived in hostility towards all their brothers. And unfortunately, that hostility continues even today. The ancient source of continuing unrest in the Middle East is found... Right here. And it continues even to this day as parents teach their children to hate, and animosity is passed from generation to generation. In Genesis 17:20, God promised to Abraham that he would bless Ishmael and make him the father of twelve princes, and God kept his promise. These twelve sons became the rulers of 12 people groups who settled in northern Arabia along the main caravan route between Egypt and Assyria. Verse 17 reports the death, but not the burial, of Ishmael. It follows the same form or a similar form as that of Abraham, but it should be noted that the descriptions, and died in a good old age, and an old man and full of years, is not present. Ishmael pictures the natural or unsaved person who is outside the faith and hostile to the things of God. But Isaac pictures those who have trusted Jesus Christ and experienced the miraculous new birth by the power of God. The most important part of Isaac's legacy wasn't the great material wealth that his father left him, but rather the spiritual wealth from his father and mother knowing and trusting the true and living God, and being part of the covenant blessings that God had bestowed upon Abraham, Sarah, and their descendants. And how tragic it is when the children of devout Christian believers turn their backs on the priceless, precious, spiritual heritage and, like Ishmael and Esau, live for the world and the flesh instead of for the Lord." Abraham has left us with an incredible legacy. Four famous New Testament passages expound the spiritual dimensions of his faith legacy and provide essential teachings about the Christian faith. For those who take notes, they are the passages found in Romans 4, James 2, Hebrews 11, and Galatians 4. Romans 4 tells us about the relationship between faith and righteousness. When Abraham believed the Lord, it was counted to him as righteousness. And his example became the reference point to understand salvation by grace through faith. In chapter 4, the apostle Paul demonstrated that Abraham was saved by faith, that King David was saved by faith, and that Gentiles will be saved by faith. What's a Gentile? A Gentile is any person who is not a, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's most of us all saved by faith, and that under the law was by faith one became righteous. So Abraham could not have been made righteous by keeping the law because the law didn't exist. It wasn't until 400 years later that the law came through Moses. And he couldn't have been made righteous by circumcision because he was declared righteous before he was circumcised. It was by faith. Like everyone else, Abraham was saved by faith. James chapter 2 tells us the relationship between faith and works. Um, Abraham was justified by a faith that works. And it's the combination of these two passages together that are essential to understanding the true Christian faith. Works are an essential proof of faith. The Apostle Paul agrees with James. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves it is the gift of god not by works we're not saved by works not by works so that no one can boast if you stop reading there you miss something very important for we are god's workmanship created in jesus christ to do good works so there's a relationship between salvation and good works but it's not that good works produces salvation That's not what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches is that salvation should always produce good works, works that are pleasing to God. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, we're told about the faithfulness of Abraham being used as an example to demonstrate how a faithful person lives. Everywhere that Abraham went, he pitched his tent and he built his altar and he made sure all of his neighbors knew that he worshipped the one and only true God. And when he offered Isaac on the altar, he proved his faith in God and his love for God. You see, true discipleship is continuous and lifelong. It's not intermittent. It's steadily putting one foot after another, day after day, year after year, in the same direction until God brings us home. So from Abraham, we learn how to walk by faith. Now again, he had occasional failures, but the general manner of his life was consistent. By faith, Abraham obeyed, Hebrews 11 tells us. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, said the essence of faith lies in this, a casting oneself on the promises. And he's talking about the promises of God. And that's exactly what Abraham did. He he learned to trust God. True faith is our obedient response to the word of God. God speaks. We hear. We believe. We respond in obedience. And then Galatians chapter 5 tells us about Christ. You see, it's because of Abraham that we have the Savior. If you look at the first verse of the New Testament, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, Abraham's name is joined with King David and Jesus. God promised that he would bless the entire world, and and he did. He kept that promise. Galatians 3 tells us that the ultimate offspring of Abraham is Christ Jesus our Lord, and that if we're saved by faith in Christ, then we are the true spiritual offspring of Abraham. Let me read some excerpts from Galatians 3. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, plural, referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring... Who is Christ? In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Did you hear that? If you belong to Christ, If he is your Savior and Lord, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to promise. We are heirs of the Abrahamic covenant through Christ. And so it's so important for us to put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. It is indeed. And if you have
1: questions about your relationship with Christ. We would love to talk with you. The best place to start to begin a dialogue with us would be our website, highlands.us. Again, highlands.us. Questions about your walk and relationship with Christ. Maybe you want to review today's program again or find out more about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, who we are, where we meet, service times and directions. Again, highlands.us, highlands.us. Well, tomorrow we are back in Genesis. Join us then as our journey through Genesis will continue. This has been Study Verse by Verse, the ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with Pastor Leighton Sheely.